Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, folks. Thursday edition of the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Thank you for uh, taking a little bit of time out of your day to join the big dog and the coach. We do it every Monday through Friday, five days a week, one hour a day, five in total. Still shocking to think that any particular radio station or internet station lets us on the air that long, but somebody made the bad managerial decision, and we are taking advantage of it. Goodness, how's that for a vote of confidence? Producer extraordinaire, David Olson, other side of the glass, coach of the big dog. Talking sports and more. Phone lines if you want to check in, folks. 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. I said if you want to check in, there's plenty of reasons to check in and make some uh, sporting comments. And, of course, as always, you want to jump off the sports page. We more than encourage you to do that. In fact, we enjoy doing that on a regular basis. Uh, NBA playoffs are right there for you. Whatever city you happen to be uh, listening in, whatever team you happen to be supporting, you want to talk about your ball club, plus, minus, or anywhere in the vast in between, we will do that. Likewise, for the NHL playoffs, we got baseball action here in uh, Chicago. We got uh, one team kind of hanging around the Mason-Dixon line, around the Meridian line, another team that is uh, rapidly Heading southward, it's only April, no reason to panic, but seven losses in a row for the White Sox. Panic is going to start to set in very, very soon. Got the NFL draft coming up, so plenty to talk about. They only give us one hour a day to do it, so let's get right down to it. Again, the coach and the big dog and NBA playoffs. Um, yesterday, Oklahoma City did knock it off Denver 106-89. to so Oak City goes up 2-0 in that matchup. Again, Westbrook and Kevin Durant lead the way. That's been kind of a constant for them. San Antonio Spurs uh, upset, knocked off in Game 1 against the Memphis Grizzlies. Mono Ginobili and the boys find a way to come back, even up that series at 1-1. They knock off Memphis yesterday, 93-87. Interesting in that game, too. Very interesting that uh going to head to Memphis. Now, a lot of people, that seemed to be... Seem to be the popular pick amongst the experts if you're going to find an upset somewhere. That seemed to be the one the folks were looking at. Memphis, an eight seed. San Antonio, a one seed. But Memphis, one of the stronger eight seeds we've seen in a long, long time in San Antonio. If you watched them over the course of the season, they've been, uh, well, what, first two-thirds of the season, they were they were very quiet, almost under the radar, but they had an unbelievable record. I forgot what it was, but they were just winning at a ridiculous rate. And again, it was somewhat under the radar. And then all of a sudden, last third of the season, last 25% of the season, in the words of our uh, Asian expert, uh, Jiu-Jitsu, uh, I believe his famous word for San Antonio, the last 25% of the season, not so good. Not too good. They started slumping a little bit, but they found a way to come back and beat Memphis yesterday. Our beloved Bulls are back in action at 6 o'clock tonight, a little early show. Taking on the Indiana Pacers. Very, very excited about that. I'm almost as excited about the Bulls taking on the Indiana Pacers as I am introducing my compatriot, my co-host, a man of high character and a lot of legal problems. 
<laughs> the big dog, Joel Redwanski, checking in. Big dog, how are you? Hey, hey, coach, you know, I got prepaid legal now, and, <laughs> and and since then I've started a life of crime. I like... and it's, been, it's been very lucrative. Well, I mean, just, I didn't really, well, as you... long as you have a lawyer, you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want. With prepaid legal, you're covered. I mean, and I want to get to that because I've got a connection to prepaid legal, but I kind of like that intro for you. A man of high moral character and also high legal fees. Yes, probably. Interesting. Yeah. That, that pretty much sums up your uh, you know, last 38 years on this life pretty well. I guess so. I've had, I mean, I've had, you know, eras without legal problems. Yes. Very boring. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. I, 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 help me out here. Did you mention prepaid legal because I mentioned it, or is that something that you've honestly uh, partaken in? Oh, no, no. I, I started, you know, I decided if I was going to start a life of crime, which I have, that yes. I should have legal counsel. So, <sighs> and it, it's been phenomenal, Coach. Mm-hmm. Seriously. All right, now, are you aware that uh, my brother is a high-ranking executive at prepaid legal? No, I, I, I was actually aware of that, but totally forgot about it when okay. I brought it up. And I actually don't own prepaid legal. Mm-hmm. I actually have a bunch of legal stuff I need to take care of, so I'm mm-hmm. thinking about just getting them. It'll cost me like $300 for a year, and they can do everything for it's you. It's actually, I worried at first that it was a little uh, scam-like, my... Uh, Brother has gotten involved in a variety of uh, things over the years, some not so good, some good. But the more I hear about prepaid legal, very, very good. And basically, folks, what it is, it's you buy health insurance, you buy car insurance. Correct me if I'm wrong, big dog, but this is basically like buying legal insurance. Legal insurance. So, like, if you're, like, a small-time hustler out there, mm-hmm. you should spend the, I don't know what it is now, but, like, six years ago when somebody was trying to get me to do it, it was 30 bucks a month. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming it's 40 bucks a month now. Yeah, inflation. 500 bucks a year. You know, if you're a criminal, that's a small price to pay. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, some, you know, auto insurance, they will always check the person out, health insurance, and see if you have any pre-existing conditions. Big dog in the legal world. With the fine folks of prepaid legal, did they check you out and see if you had any, quote-unquote, pre-existing conditions now i talked to somebody about this (laughs) and it may have been your brother Uh a long time ago yes about six or seven years ago and they told me no no come on in we'll take care of anything so if you have any issue going on now you just Mm -hmm. become a part of it and we'll we'll take care of it for you yeah so they just they that's like heck yeah see feel like you've already saved money if you join us Mm -hmm. it's a great deal you know it's a great it's it's almost yeah. It's almost uh, so good that you, it almost encourages. Sounds like this is what happened to you. It almost encourages you to get in some kind of legal trouble so that you can actually put your insurance to use. Well, it, it's been cool now because now I can wear the pimp hat and I can actually dress like a big time hustler. You know what I'm saying, Coach? Because before you know you don't want to bring attention to. You. But now that I have that prepaid legal card, I just even when I busted out along with my bond card, you know, please see it. They're like, oh no, they, he's going to get away with it anyways. Let's just let him go. Uh-huh. So it's it's it's. Avoided a hassle too. Yeah, that's outstanding. It's not you know not very expensive. Uh, remember, big dog, money talks, and what it usually says is goodbye. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's my Confucius quote for the week. But uh, yeah, all right. So prepaid legal, very very good. Do we have a phone number we could throw out if people are interested have, in contacting? I, I have no idea. I don't have prepaid legal. Well, I was it was a bit, coach. Ah, oh, you're killing me. <laughs> You're killing me because you should be. You, this would be a great career for you because the way it works is that once you become a customer, uh-huh. you also become a salesman. Yes, you can bring people in, right? Absolutely. Okay. I almost got in trouble um, a couple of months ago with a little disputed bill, and they sent me a note 
you know, that uh, I'm not going to say specifically what company, but they said, you know, blah, 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 blah. And this bill is is uh, now one year old. I sent him a note back. You know what it said? What? Happy birthday. That's nice. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. The phone number. Big dog, great to talk to you, my friend. What a, what a day we have today. I hope you don't have activity. Six o'clock tonight. You can watch your Chicago Bull take on the Indiana Pacers. Thank you very much, schedule makers. Nine o'clock tonight. Perfect timing. Unless the Bulls go like quadruple overtime. You can watch your Chicago Blackhawks take on the Vancouver Canucks in a pressure pack game five. Eleven thirty tonight, assuming the NHL game didn't go OT. You've got HBO with a rerun of Cat House. Big Dog, it's an ultimate one, two, three. I know you gotta be excited. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Too bad I won't be able to watch the Bulls game. So. Uh. Just Hawks yeah. in the cat house, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, two out of three. I, I bet. I, I've already seen the cat house, so I don't need to watch that. Mm-hmm. One of our uh, emailers wants to know, of the three things that you'll be watching, which do you think will have the best ending? I'm sure the cat house one will have a happy ending. <laughs> I'm a little worried about it because I won't be able to see the Bulls game, which will have a happy ending. But, uh, I'm, so I'm, I'm extremely worried about uh, uh, the, the Hawks getting up in Vancouver. So hopefully they make it a series. I actually, I, I, I got to admit, and again, it's not because I don't love the sport. I do love hockey. It's just you've only got so much consumption time available, big dog. And I've been, I've been, I've been a bad Hockey fan all year long and throughout the playoffs, too. I really watch very little Blackhawk playoff hockey. Tonight, though, 9 o'clock, Game 5, Vancouver. You'll be happy mm-hmm. to know I'll be paying attention. Well, that's cool. I've Thank watched, you. uh, I've watched pretty much the whole, every single second of the, of the playoff series. I missed one goal the other night down the breakaway. Yeah. But. Which, by the way, is the motto for the Chicago Blackhawks. No, was it one goal or all in? No, uh, all, all in is the White Sox. All in as the White Sox. It was Blackhawks was one goal last year okay. before in the season they were attaining the cup. Mm-hmm. This year, I, I have, uh, I think there's, uh, I think it's no one's left. I think that was the okay. That was the motto. Okay. There's a couple here. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you talked about it yesterday. Was your and very words had sex with your daughter? Was that the motto? I, I don't. That was in the final five. I don't think that made the cut. <laughs> Might have made a small little commercial in the uh, Tucson Weekly magazine, I think. Definitely a, made an impact, though. It did. It did. A lot of people in Tucson were a little confused. And as you know, there's some <laughs> Chicago-area fans out there, so they found it uh, part amusing and part disgusting. Thank you very much. Uh, but you uh, yesterday talked about how critical this Game 5 is for the Blackhawks, uh, a victory. Well, obviously, because they, they'd be eliminated, Coach. Why? <laughs> but I'm talking about if they could pull, <laughs> smartass, if they can pull out a victory, the noose will definitely tighten around your Vancouver Canuck. Yeah, and I do think that plays, especially considering the whole fact that they've eliminated the uh, the Vancouver Canucks the last two years. All of a sudden, they know it's going yes. back to the United Center, and, yep. and especially if it can be uh, uh, something where Luongo really gets peppered and beat. You know what I mean? And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, confidence creeps in with him, and who knows what can happen at that mm-hmm. point. Now, is it uh, a hockey expert, Joel Rodwanski, joining us, a man who has uh, uh, put on the skates and played at the highest level, except junior high, high school, college, or pro? I you, might be more of an expert of ballet than I am of hockey. I, I, I like your hockey instincts. I think you've uh, 
you know, limited budget here. We can't afford a Barry Melrose. In his stead, you've done a heck of a job. Don't sell yourself short. Well, I went to a lot of my cousin's games as a kid. So, I'll, be, you know, I'll bet you did. All I have. That's probably what you say to all the guys. Uh, is it a 2-2-1-1-1? So, in other words, after this game, we do go back to Chicago? Yes, it would go. So, game six would be at the United Center. And okay. game seven will be uh, back in the beautiful city of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, those people will. I, I remember being up there when it was a Vancouver elimination game, yep. and you would have thought it was a morgue, Coach. It was like people were so. They're like, "Oh no, we're going to get eliminated again," you know. So it's mm-hmm. uh, I, hockey is so important up there that sometimes the news can get around their neck. You know, in Chicago, let's face it, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions, and they're the fourth story or the fifth story mm-hmm. in town right now. It's interesting. So that could be could be a psychological advantage for the beloved Hawk. Yep. Uh-huh. So in a, in a way, not only are they the champs, but they're the, you know, nobody even yeah. pays attention to them. Yeah. Well, on, on the other hand, the Vancouver crowd will be going crazy. The, the Canucks got to be juiced up to win a series in front of their own fans. If you've watched the first four games, it's somewhat clear that Vancouver's talent level is at least a little bit higher than the Chicago Blackhawks. Gut feeling, big dog, gut feeling, not breaking it down X and O, but how do you see tonight's uh, game five going? Uh the- I, I don't think there's going to be a game six, Coach. It's a critical game for the Hawks. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be one. So Let me ask you this, uh, Ron Santo. Is it too early to call this a must game? <laughs> I would, I would, I'd have to say yeah, this is uh, this is definitely a must game, Coach. All right. I would ask you to tell you a little bit about goalie Roberto Luongo, but I think we did that shtick last week. Yeah, we don't need any more on, on Luongo. Uh, no, all right. So 6 o'clock or 9 o'clock tonight, you got uh, Vancouver and Hawks. Very nice. 6 o'clock tonight, the Big Dog will not be watching. I'll be viewing it in your stead. So tomorrow you can be hockey expert. I'll be the Bulls expert. Again, well, we occur- I'll watch the Bulls game, but I won't watch it until uh, about uh, 30 seconds after uh, the game is over with the, <clears throat> with the Canucks. Ah. But I won't know what happened by then. What does that do for HBO's Cat House? I think that's going to be pushed to the, to the side tonight. Push! Push! Um, all right. Well, that's cool. So you'll be watching basically in reverse order than uh, many of the rest of us. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to now, be going Now, there on. are issues here. What's up? There are issues. And David Olson, producer extraordinaire, media magnet, would be the first to tell you that while the Blackhawks game is going on, one of the annoying things that they do is that they will scroll the scores. I've already told you I'm going to know the score of the game. Oh. There's no way I'm going to be able to avoid knowing the score well, of the game. Why not? Game. I do it all the time. You don't have ten people at your house when you show ah, up watching that's, sports. That's a, I got three people, and two of them wouldn't know a hockey puck from a basketball. So you know, Well, that's it. I understand. Then they, yeah, Nobody cares. That's really nice. You can go in. And and I see what I would like to do is go in, watch the tape Bulls game. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that's done, watch the tape hockey game. And then that way I can just watch seven hours of sports in about an hour and 45 minutes. But you have nine nine roommates that might not like that. Well, yeah, obviously they're not waiting when they've already watched that. Right. How is the United Nations, by the way? Everything good? Any any new members joining the United Nations at your Uh, boat? I just want to let you know that... Southeast Asia <laughs> and Africa are not getting along very well. Wow. Upstairs. Really? Okay. Tempers are feuding. Really? Now, is I this a... going to win out, by the way. Is this a cohabit- cohabitational shared roommate situation, or are these 
adjoining rooms, shall we say? Yeah, they're, they're adjoining rooms. Okay. But I got to tell you something. You don't want to mess with a dude from Mozambique. <laughs> uh, and, and he's the one who cooks the food every single day. Uh-huh. So, interesting. I, no, no, so no, once again, not. if you're keeping score at home, it's the it's South Africa not getting along with who? Russell. 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 We got, okay, that guy, he speaks a little funny, so we okay. joked around. We call him Russell. All right. With the United right. Nations, I'm almost afraid to ask this next question because I don't know the cooking habits of your roommates, but. We're, we're getting uh, healthier. We're well, just, no, the quite, like that, that wasn't the question I was going to ask. I was going to ask you <laughs> probably an inappropriate question at this point considering you live with the United Nations, but uh, do you have any pets or, or had you any pets at the house? Somehow, <laughs> uh, you know. Maybe that's where, because the way us <laughs> looks at the at the dog every once in a while. But then again, I think it's more out of loneliness than uh, I hope so. Because I mean, he definitely doesn't look hungry, Coach. Okay, I'm going to trust the pets have learned to stay out of the kitchen. Uh, we only have the one dog. Okay. Okay, and there's no knife marks or <laughs> said. <laughs> So uh, I'm not really worried about about Russ eating the okay. dog. Very good, very good. I'm glad for you, my friend. Well, okay. all right. So we got the. You'll be watching the Bulls Pacers uh, at about midnight. Most of us will be watching at a six o'clock here in Chicago NBA playoffs game three. Can Seca Fieldhouse Indiana put up a great battle? They really have. Haven't been able to close out the uh, Chicago Bulls, but have played extremely well. Again, big dog. Uh, you know, I appreciate your X's and O's, but I'm going to go your your gut, your Inside feeling, your general thought process sees Indiana pull out a win or Bulls go up 3-0? I see the Bulls going up 3-0. And that has, and, and trust me, I'm, I'm extremely biased in my uh, in my opinion of the Bulls going up 3-0. But I, I really think, uh, uh, I, I, I can't even think of my gut, Coach, because my, my gut is just telling me that, you know, the Bulls are a superior team, they're dominant, don't worry about anything, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so but you, I you have to go with. But you did watch the first two games when they were they won, but they clearly were not the superior team. Yeah, and the and the the, the the Pacers, even though they played a lot better than the Bulls, were unable to put the Bulls away. And then when the money was on the table, the Bulls dominated twice. Mm-hmm. Are you a little I bit worried? Absolutely dominated the last. Uh, four minutes and three minutes of games yeah. two and one. Yeah, game one in particular. Wow, that was yeah, a the, seventeen to one run. Yeah, with, with three Woo. minutes and ten seconds to go in the game, Neil Funk just flat out says, "It's Derrick Rose time, folks. Mm-hmm. He's going to take over," and he did. I mean, that was <laughs> wow. I mean, that was just amazing, Coach. Uh, so, are you a little bit worried, as I am, Big Dog, that one of my theories could be coming to fruition, and that is, and I watched the first two games, and it kind of seems that way, and that is the Chicago Bull, beautifully coached. Enjoyed playing with each other, played at a higher intensity and emotional level for regular season basketball than did many of the NBA playoff stalwart teams, the regular team. Maybe not in Oklahoma City because they're kind of new to the party too. And now come playoff time when the other teams crank it up a notch. It's not that the Bulls are playing bad. The Bulls are playing at a, their, their normal, they basically were playing at a playoff pitch. All season long. Now the other teams step it up. The Bulls have nowhere to go. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying that could be the circumstance. What do you think? Well, uh, c- Coach, I'm not worried about that. I- I'd rather have the habits of uh, a true. team that's playing really well. Yep. So th- I'm not worried about that at all. And trust me, the the intensity level will be ratcheted up by the opponent. Mm-hmm. The- there's no way they've reached their peak in terms of 
of how they've played because they've kept their intensity up all year long. Now all of a sudden they're going to meet players that are playing with harder intensity than they've seen all year. They'll be saying, oh, I can even ratchet it up even, even more so. So mm-hmm. I, I just like the fact that they've played smart the whole entire season. Okay. Okay. So, I, I mean, I, I just think no, I, I agree with that. I'd rather have a team play at that high intensity level and not coasting over the regular season. Absolutely. Here's also what I, what I see. I see the Heat absolutely destroying the Sixers. The, the Heat have done that to teams all year long. What the Heat have had problems with are close games. Mm-hmm. But let's see what happens when when the Heat actually have to execute in the half court offense in the last couple of minutes of ball games, mm-hmm. especially when they're playing a team like the Bulls that flat out defend you. So well, I'm liking. I'm just liking where the Bulls sit right now, Coach. So. Maybe Eric uh, is it Spalestra? How do you pronounce the Miami Eric, Heat coach? Eric Spalestra. Okay, Eric Spalestra. I wonder if he played at Villanova and played in the Palestra. Uh, maybe he told us the best pep talk he could give the Miami Heat. Everybody questions whether we can win a close game or not. Hey guys, let's 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 have this thing in hand. By the third quarter, let's just—we got the talent to do it. Let's go out and crush teams. Let's not make any close games. How about that for a strategy? That's my pep talk of Americ's Palestra playing in the Palestra. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> if you know you you have trouble scoring when you really need a bucket, kind of like uh, teams that can lead the league in home runs, but in a you know in a three to two ball game they can't figure out how to scrap across a run. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those. It's kind of like how the Heat are in a, in a baseball analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? You're right, Coach. Just let's just go go balls in, figure the game out, and, and heck, maybe instead of uh, LeBrick getting criticized for missing shots in the final <laughs> minute, the last six minutes of the game, he yeah. could be icing his knees like Jordan used to. Yeah, uh, LeBrick doesn't have to take the last shot. Dwayne Wade should have the ball in his hands, but that's a uh, another story for another day. Just a little Don't hint to them. Don't let them know, Coach. I know. I'm sorry. I, you know. Again, I know a lot of NBA coaches listen to our program. I throw out, what's that? Pat Riley gets fashion tips from uh, David Olson. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, please don't yeah. mention anything. As well he should. As well he should. Uh, two comments. Two comments on the the Bulls and the Indiana Pacers series. One is everybody's talked about to Tom Thibodeau being a great defensive coach, big dog, and the Bulls defense being impressive. I don't think I've mentioned this, but... The thing I like best about the Bulls' defense, and it has been great for an NBA team, the best part about it is it's not gimmicky. It is not fancy. He's not doing anything unique. You watch him play defense, it's basically like taking basic defensive fundamentals and making NBA players the best athletes in the world not take those things for granted and do them to the highest extreme, if that makes any sense at all. You know, Coach, it absolutely does. I, you know, I always refer back to him because he's the athlete that I know the best and anybody, and he's, it's so easy to think about. But Michael Jordan always talked about the fundamentals. Whenever like a really important part of the game uh, was taking place, he'd always remember, let's just do it fundamentally sound mm-hmm. and everything will work out. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how exactly what you're talking about as a, as a philosophy, that if you do the really simple things really, really well mm-hmm. all the time, they become second nature. Yeah, and you know NBA players, they, you know, they're so good. They have that poetic license, especially in the regular season. Sometimes they'll cheat a little bit on the fundamentals. I, I expected Tom Thibodeau, this brilliant defensive coach. I'm looking for all these unique strategies and gimmicks, and the more I watch it, no. The brilliance of Tom Thibodeau is he gets these great athletes to play 
fundamental defense and to hold them accountable if they don't, i.e. box out weak side. Close out on shooters, help early help on defense, help and recover, things like that. You know, you know uh, I had a great football coach, yep. uh, uh, Pete Ventrilli, and he would always say, because we would always run the veer right behind me, and mm-hmm. he would just say the, just the simple things like this. He's like, Joel, if it's fourth and one, we're running the veer right behind you. What do you think? I'm like, uh, I don't really keep, like, smash the guy. He's like, no, just stay as low as you possibly can, fire out, and just, like, just the basic fundamentals of what you're supposed to do on a mm-hmm. play. Because I can just relax. You don't even have to be all fired up. It was, And he was absolutely right, Coach. It was just all I, I would just look at the guy and decide, all I have to do is these steps and do them perfectly, and it would always work out every single time. Pardon the expression, but are you telling me your team, in crunch time, ran the veer up your rear? That's exactly what I'm saying, Coach. So I had to have quick feet or else I'd have a helmet up my backside. <laughs> and it's, it's so funny that you, that's exactly what would happen. Okay. If I did not move my guy, my legs would be rolled up from behind. Mm-hmm. And it, David Olson played football, and if he ever was a blocker at any point, he knows there's a fear. So mm-hmm. either you risk injury or you do it perfectly. Not sure, but I think producer extraordinaire David Olson's football career ended somewhere midseason on the Lockport freshman B football team. I could be wrong. No, no, no. But I no, think no. it was a very short-lived career. He he played football. Huh? He played football all the way through high school. Yeah. If you count intramural flag. No, I blew my knee out sophomore year. And oh, I never again. that sucks. What was that the play? Sucks. Practice or a game? It's practice. Oh, man. Now, it, has that bothered you? Because I know you love football, David. No, 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 like no, no, not really. Not really. Find other things to do. I, okay. Because it, it would have really bothered me if I didn't get to play high school football. Like I would have been like home, and that would always been like a like a because I was I was so afraid of losing football that like when all my friends would go skiing, I would be the only one who wouldn't ski because yeah. I was that afraid that if I hurt myself, I yes. wouldn't be able to play football. I, I can tell you as a coach, I can't stand when I hear my players going on a skiing vacation. Well, there you go. You would have been, you would have yes. loved me, coach. Yes, I would I would have enjoyed coach. I'm old enough where I could have coached you, Big Doug. That would have been an interesting. I don't. I'm not sure it would have worked out well in the long run, but uh, it would have been it would have been a journey along the way. Well, if it was football, you would have yeah. hated me because on every single play I went to the whistle and I would blindside people constantly. Well, I love that. No, I don't know about blindside, but well, I, I, I I would see that's honestly, coach. I did, and I I whether they were near the play or 50 yards away, mm-hmm. I never stopped and would I would not, I head on it. Not so. if you were playing for me. No cheap shots if you're playing for me. Wouldn't be a cheap shot. It was cheap only shot. Legal in the, ah, in the, come on. Legal? You, show me a great block in the course of action that makes a difference on a play. I don't care about anybody well, can knock someone out of his ass don't think 50 yards away from the football. You're trying to be impress, you know, impress your teammates. Do something that counts in the, in the course of action during the game. Of course I did. I just my point is like there are times <laughs> on plays. You know, I, I played tight end. We didn't run weak side every once in a while. So uh-huh. like when I was flying across the field, you know. I was hoping to spring a touchdown block, but yeah. if the guy got tackled 15 yards sooner, who cares if I drove the yeah, safety I, when he when he was looking the other way? It well, was perfectly. I got my head in front of him. You know me. I, I'm very impressed with a guy who can pull a pancake block and just flatten the guy that that is prepared I, I for the block type. and is looking at him and waiting for it. That is a block. To me, when you blindside a guy that's not looking, even if it's a legal hit and you knock him to the ground. That, that to me, is a coach, spectator, player, or representative of the general community in this area. That doesn't impress me. You want to impress me? You block someone when he knows it's coming. It's mono versus mono, and you knock him down. Then you score some points. I did it both ways. I did it both ways because 
I, we we got in a little bit of an argument about this years ago. <laughs> I never brought it back up. <laughs> you, and you were like, you could have never played for me. I remember you. That's why I brought this <laughs> issue up, Coach, because you said I, you would never play for me. Oh, and, and I just don't get it. Trust me, if those weren't the only blocks I had. My point was, no matter sometimes as a tight end, your your job is that you got the free safety because you have the touchdown block. And this, what was I supposed to do, not hit the free safety the guy was, if I thought the guy was going to get tackled? Oh, was it my fault that I hustled where? and put the free safety in a predicament where I'm about to ear hole him? We're like an old married couple, Big Dog. I know exactly how to pull your strings. I know exactly where your sensitive spots are. Uh, th- that definitely is, Coach. Question in my hustle. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, it was the, I, I played too hard of football. I'm kidding. You. I will tell you this. If I was, would have been your football coach, I, like your coach, would have ran the veer right up your rear. <laughs> it would have been so. a smart thing to do, Coach. Yes, thank you very I, much. I have extremely short legs. Yeah. And a very long torso, so I have a, yeah. like a perfect run blocking body. Yeah, and a big butt to go along with it. You got a, you got a good base. True. I will say that. Excellent. Definitely good base, good calves. I have no hamstring. I mean, I have no quads though, coach. I got Popeye legs. Yeah, that's a problem. They got to be bad. You can't have good quads without having good thighs. That's, that's in the same muscular area. It's just a little. I got a big rear. Gigantic calves, and, I, and then I got like All right. uh, Michelle Kwan thighs. All right. Thank you very much. If anybody would like transcripts of the last five minutes of this program, feel free to write us to two guys. Uh, email us rather to Mike Two Guys AOL dot com. We'll be happy to send you the written context of today's show. <laughs> uh, my other comment, Big Dog, real quick before we move on to other things here. Uh, I have been extremely impressed with one Indiana Pacer player who I think is a star. Of the future, I had not heard much about him prior to the series. Who might this gentleman be? The Price Kid. Now, you know what? He's a close second because he's a lot better than I thought, too. A.J. Mm-hmm. Price, where the hell did he play college ball? I know I know, he played somewhere, and I can't think of it. Now, was he an LSUer? I don't think it was LSU, Coach. Okay. I don't, I, I think Maybe he was Connecticut? Connecticut? He may have been because I think he's uh, the East Coast, a big East He's player. good. He's good, but I'll tell you who, who uh, played at a lesser school. Who just watching him a little bit? I think the guy's gonna be a flat out star. I love this kid, Paul George. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a nice player, coach. Woo. He, you know, every once you know, I always like when I watch the other team. Who would be somebody that I think of now that I think the Bulls can go on a championship run? Who could the Bulls add the type of player mm-hmm. that you know that it looks like has the mindset and the and the and the skill set? He's one of them. Yeah, he'd be a nice backup for Luol Deng. Yeah, I was just going to say he reminds me a little bit of a young Luol Deng. Mm-hmm. I, I think the kid can play a little bit. So that's, that's, yeah, he's actually a little bit more athletic than Luol Deng. Maybe the, the Bulls-Pacers rivalry is being rekindled, Coach, because they're young and talented. Mm-hmm. So are the Bulls. So the, that, that was a pretty good – I know obviously it was – not really much of a rivalry. It was the Bulls beating them down every single season, but it, it was still really intense series. And mm-hmm. those Pacer fans hate the Bulls, coach. Is that back in the old seven foot four inch Swedish days of Eric Smiths? Was he Swedish or was he Danish, coach? You're right. He might have been Danish. Yeah, I think he was a Dane. But either way, it's, it, it's somewhere between the North and Baltic Seas. Mm-hmm. Somewhere he's from. We know that. <laughs> I asked a guy. Went, I asked a guy one time, "Is it pronounced Sweden or Sweden?" And he said Sweden. And I said, "Oh, thank you." And he said, "You're welcome." Thank you very much. 
Uh, all right. Anything else on the NBA playoffs, Big Dog, before we move along? we got to get to baseball here, but suffice it to say, a great night in Chicago where you uh, thank you, schedulers. You can watch the Bulls and watch the Blackhawks. Let's hope we can get a couple of victories, but uh, it'll be nice for the uh, Chicago fans to watch. Yeah, it should be a good night. I'll be out trying to sell vacation packages, and and uh, so I will know this. Any man in front of me, mm-hmm. is a, the woman is obviously – the deciding factor and decision maker because no man would be out today if he had a choice. So at least I know that when I'm trying to sell this stuff. Yeah, well, that's that's smart salesman technique. Yeah. Smart. So what type I, of man would go out on a night like this? Yep. You're right. You are correct exactly. All right. Let's move uh, quickly to baseball and uh, moving on for the big dogs vacation packages. Yesterday, White Sox uh, lose their seventh consecutive game. We'll get to the Cubs in a second, big dog. Uh, I'm going to assume you're going to stick with the motto as Ozzie Guillen has no reason to panic. It's still April, but it is seven losses in a row in the White Sox. They've just absolutely, collectively stopped hitting. It's amazing. They lose 4-1. Yeah, well, yeah. Forget the panic. Just start hitting the ball. Catching it a little bit better, too. There's a lot of things to point out so far. And it seems like when you're losing close games, every little mistake is magnified. Uh they do definitely have issues right now, Coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at one point, you know, you face Weaver and Heron in a series, you kind of shrug your shoulders. But the other games in the series have been a, a lot of very bad play has, has resulted in a seven-game streak. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, no I think. Button. What's that? No panic button. No, no, I agree with you. I agree. White Sox are a pretty solid team. Tampa Bay, uh, they started off the season brutal, but now they've won like eight of their last nine, the recent streak courtesy of our beloved White Sox. Positives, though, a big dog, uh, Phil Umber pitched another decent game. Looks like they found maybe a uh, kid who can step in and not going to be a star, but can be a possibly a quality major league starter. And Adam Dunn, if you watched the game yesterday, hit the ball hard a couple times. One time they made a great catch. Looks like he's coming out of it. Carlos Quentin got a home run, so maybe, maybe the inklings of uh, breaking out of the slump. Yeah, everybody hit the ball hard yesterday. There was line drivers all over the park, Coach. The White Sox couldn't hit the ball any harder and only get one run off of that Wade Davis guy. Mm-hmm. Here's a scary stat, by the way, that I saw in the paper. The White Sox have not led. They have not been ahead in the last 51 innings, Big Doe. That qualifies as not good. That's got to be one of the longest streaks in Major League history. Just how is that even possible? They have not led in 51 innings? Four and a half games. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's that's a scary, scary thing. What am I talking about? Five and a half games, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost almost six games to not even have a lead. That uh, Well, if you don't hit the ball, that can happen. That can happen. So we'll see if they can snap out of it. But a rough, rough series for the Sox against Tampa Bay. Doubleheader, and again, baseball fans, you want to check in. We were a lot of NBA early in the show. Baseball fans, you want to check in, you can do that at 888-463-6748. Again, our phone number here, 888-463-6748. Doubleheader for the Cub yesterday, Big Dog. Had about an hour between games. Uh, Cubs win in dramatic fashion in game one, and then they lose 5-4 in game two. Both one-run games, which... Seems to be the norm for this year's Chicago Cup. Yeah, uh, tight ball games. Uh, Soriano getting the second one, you know, a lot closer late. Yep. Um, he's really been hot for the Cubs. It, it, it's nice to see. Uh, Cubs are tied for first place at nine and nine, but they're also uh, a game out of fifth place. <laughs> 
I was just going to say, two games out of last place. Yeah. Well, no, no, actually, the, the Astros are pretty bad. So no, about- you know what? You know what? That's a little bit of a misconception. I think Houston right now is only two games back. I watched a little bit of Houston Astro baseball. Big- it was like four. Uh, uh, and they put, that's right, they've been playing the Mets the last couple of days. Well, yeah. Also. You're right. I, I'm totally sorry. You're right. They have gained some ground the last the couple Mets, of days. The Mets are brutal, no question. But I don't know. It, pitching, maybe they're going to fall. But the Houston everyday lineup, they got some players there, too. They're not that bad. And the bottom uh-huh. line is nobody in our division is that good. We'll see. I mean, Hunter Pence is pretty good, but I think Carlos Lee is done. Uh, the shortstop, this brand-new kid, this rookie shortstop from Houston is is looks like a quality major league hitter coach. I mean, I'll, I'll think of his name. It's like he's a he's a Latin player. It's like it's yeah. not Espinosa. That's the kid from Washington. Yeah. The the, second, have you seen the second baseman from Washington? That kid's killing the ball, Danny Espinosa. Have not seen him play the uh, Houston Astro first baseman. I'm going to forget his name now, but uh, he's a tough out. Like the way he handles the bat, real tough out. Good, not a superstar. Good, solid ball player. But uh, boy, that Central Division right now, four teams at nine and nine. One team at eight and ten, one team at seven and eleven. Cincinnati Reds were supposed to pull away, and they may eventually do that, dog. But they've lost six of their last seven. Mm-hmm. Dusty Baker might be having his usual effect on a team. Do you, do you know what the issue with the Reds is? They're going to score runs, coach, and they'll be able to pound you, and they'll be able to, uh, you know, scratch the runs across too. Maybe they're pitching. Every, they had the one great year with all that young pitching, and we just assumed it was going to be good. A lot of times, young pitchers in their second year really regress for some reason. Mm-hmm. We didn't consider that with the Reds. Interesting. You know, so maybe maybe that's the issue because yeah. these. I mean, so the Travis Wood last year was just dominant, and you know, and Bronson. I mean, Bronson Royal is going to win 15 games and lose 12. He's going to go 15 to 12. He's their Ryan Dempster. You know, just somebody that's. You think you know, the pitching staff might struggle even under the brilliant nurturing tutelage of a Dusty Baker? Oh, yeah, which is we know how that usually ends up working out. Now, did you hear about this Mike Leak kid? <laughs> I beg your pardon? Mike Leak. Is that He's a player or a condition? Mike Leak, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard of Mike Leak. Tell me about him. Okay, he's a, he's a starting pitcher for uh, the Reds who was really good last year, okay. and he started out kind of slowly this year, another one of the starters. That, that that's happened to. Well, he got busted for shoplifting oh, the yes, other day. Yes, shoplifting coach. Yes, not good. Uh huh. Tore the tags off of not just one. He didn't just put one thing in his little pocketbook or whatever. He tore the tags off of like six articles of clothing and tried to walk out of the store with those things. That's problematic. Okay, yeah, it is, it is. But you know, Dusty Baker said he's going to keep him in the starting rotation because he doesn't want his next appearance to be out of the pen. <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Nice, <laughs> nicely done. Thank you. Thank also, maybe he gave Dusty a couple of shirts. You never know. That might be part of the deal as well. Yeah, well I mean, seriously, because I don't care how much money you have, mm-hmm. how much power you have, it's always nice to get free stuff. Yes. Yes. Like, but... legit, legitimately, you know, you can give a t shirt to the president. He's like, hey, this, look at this, this is a nice t shirt. Oh, know? yeah. Everybody loves a good t shirt. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, now you're a man of many neuroses, a big dog, and uh, some legal problems along with it. Um, someone like that, when you're shoplifting or stealing, that's not doing it for the actual article, because clearly this guy can afford it. That is a disease. Is it you need the uh, the thrill? 
It's got to be because it was less than $60 would have been the total tab for all the shirts. So in a case like that, it's, it's the adrenaline kick, it's the thrill, which so many habits, uh, you know, drugs, alcohol, so, so a lot of that can be related back to the need for some kind of kick, some kind of adrenaline fix. I'm playing part-time psychologist here. but Yeah, yeah. well, think about what Nona Ryder. I mean, she had, yep. she has 30 times the amount of money that Mike Leake has, maybe 100. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know... She's stealing $150 purse or something like that. You know, so absolutely, Coach. There's got to be some type of strange – people just like getting over on people mm-hmm. somehow. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. – it's got to be it's definitely a psychological issue. Mm-hmm. Who would want to risk the embarrassment of what would happen to you by doing something like that instead yep. of just paying $60. Well, again, like so many addictions, it is not born out of logical thought processes. Yeah, so that's, that's what it is. It's, it is mental. It's got to yeah. be mental. Interesting. All right. Well, at any rate, a few cracks in the armors for your favorite uh, National League team or the favorites in the National League. The Cincinnati Reds not playing so well, but getting back to the Cub game yesterday, big dog. Game one, uh, you know, one nothing lead. Carlos Marmol, your closer, could not Hold it. I'm still not convinced that Marmol's the guy. So you got a little bit of problem there, but what a dramatic, I don't know if you're watching or not, dramatic home run by one of the better bench players in Major League Baseball, Reed MacArthur Johnson. Yeah, Reed Johnson getting it done yesterday, turning the pitch around. It had a pretty good second game, too, with pretty much the whole Cubs offense behind, besides Soriano in, the, in game two. Uh, but, Coach, Marmol can't save every game he's going to save anybody over 85 percent as a closer is really good he's, he's going to be over 90 percent this year mm-hmm. i mean he's going to walk some people but i yeah. mean i mean he's been really consistent the last couple of years coach. yeah last year he was i don't know if i'm going to go last couple of years with you two years ago i don't think consistency would have been an adjective he had some brilliant games but i don't know about consistency here's my issue big dog is it seems like with a two or three-run lead, his high-wire act, he's able to get by. What I worry about, and to me the true test of a closer, is can you come in with a one-run lead and shut him down? I'm not yet convinced that Carlos Marmol is your lockdown one-run bullpen closer. There's no other closer in the game of baseball that was brought in in the eighth inning with runners on bases more than Carlos Marmol was last year, and so far this year it continues. He gets He gets out of other people's messes better than any pitcher in the game right now. Yeah, so. uh, okay, I'll agree with that. The problem is he has trouble getting out of his own created messes. That he does, how often, though, Coach? You mean how often guy, he walks? You're, you're the guy that, uh, if you're a relief pitcher that blows anything, you automatically think the guy isn't any good. You don't look at the big picture yeah. a lot of times with relievers. I, I do have a little Honestly. bit of a short leash, yeah. non-logically induced about, about uh, closers, no question. You would, you would, if you were a Yankee fan, you would be done with Mariana Rivera. You still wouldn't be sold, okay? Yeah, every yeah. April, every April, he overrated. Save. Every April, overrated, Mariana Rivera. Yo, don't forget the 2001 <laughs> World Series. Can you believe that he broke Gonzalez's bat and a little bloop went in? I couldn't believe he let that happen. Overrated. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well. All right. So you. All right. So Marmol's okay. Very good. Very good. Hey, did you? Happened to see the Reed Johnson home run live? Yes. Well, that wasn't at the park. But you uh, watched it? There, was, there wasn't any tickets left. Wonderful. <laughs> well, you were watching on TV? Yes, I was. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I, and I don't mean this in a sarcastic way. Heart rendering, not heart rendering is the wrong word. Feel good celebration by the fan. Looked like about a 30-year-old guy. 
at my age, I can call him a 30-year-old kid, who caught the ball and three of his buddies are on, and they're all bundled up. Might have been a little bit of alcohol-induced, but not much. And I don't know if you watched it, but their joy, the three of, or four of them jumping up and down, pounding each other, smiles across their faces. I don't know if it's on YouTube. I thought it was one of the coolest things that I've seen on TV in a long time. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't as affected emotionally as you were. I was. But uh, I, I did I did appreciate it. I did give it the, hey, that's, uh, those guys are having a good time out there in the park. So I, I definitely gave it that, okay. that much. Okay. The one guy in the bear's jacket and the gigantic mittens that almost <laughs> fell over the, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. He almost, he almost, if he would have fallen, and if his buddy wasn't there, uh-huh. he would have fallen and hit the side of the basket and flipped onto the field, oh. and he would have been escorted out for that, the second game of the doubleheader. That would have tempered the celebration somewhat. Yes. Do you, yeah. you know... When you go to a doubleheader at Wrigley Field, they don't stop selling alcohol to you after the seventh inning of the first game. Oh, boy. And they sell between games. I have gone to doubleheaders where I did not remember where I lived. And I'm not talking (laughs) about the street. I meant the city. (laughs) But they did kick all the fans out after game one. Not after, not yesterday's game, it was a true doubleheader. No, I don't know. They, no, they, 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 they got people out of the park. It was not a true doubleheader. It wasn't a true doubleheader. That's no. what I was, I was under the belief that it was a true doubleheader. No. I was like, well, it won't be, well, that's, that's ridiculous. Yep. And because the game went long, they only had like 45 minutes to clear everybody out, but they did, in fact, clear the folks out. They had like 35,000 for game one announced anyway. I'm amazed. That many people came out in the cold weather to watch our beloved. No, 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 no. Don't forget, Coach. The National League went to the way the American League always did it. Uh, they they attend, they announced paid. They don't announce who showed up. Mm-hmm. Okay, thirty five thousand people paid to go to that game. Mm-hmm. There's no way more than twelve thousand actually showed up. Okay. That, that's that's, not, just, that's, that's just how they do it, Coach. Whoever thirty five thousand paid, and you're saying no more than twelve thousand actually attended. Well, I, I watch the game, Coach. I'm pretty good at – I'm not Pat Hughes. Who mm-hmm. Pat Hughes can get it down in between 10 people. Yeah. You know, right. 11,842 at the ball game today, Keith. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, it was 44. Oh, I was off by two. I mean, that's just, that guy is just one of, the, that's one of the craziest talents I've ever seen in my life. By the way, speaking of the radio talent for the Cubs, and again, it's early, but uh, the more I listen to it, it hasn't been a lot. But the more I listen to Keith Moreland, the more I'm feeling like uh, it's not working. Not good. I, I, I expected I listen, much better. I got to listen yesterday. I had no problem with it. Okay. I, I especially liked it when Judge Surratt came in and Keith Moreland did the play-by-play. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I just, I um, and again, early, and, and I, I'm rooting for the guy. I want to like him. I thought it was a good hire, but I have to admit, I've been disappointed in the two Comments I would make one a little sophomoric, and I guess the two things are really. And two, I'm not hearing any great inside expertise from a Keith Morton. Everything is pretty basic. It's almost like Ron Santo uh, speaking coherently, but the, and without the passion. Yeah, well, Morton. Yeah, exactly. Not no one's got the passion of Ron Santo. You know, <laughs> Morton's. But, but but I'm not hearing any great uh, intricacies, any uniqueness. And I also thought I would hear a little sense of humor. Morton, a pretty crazy guy, pretty funny guy. And again, I haven't heard a lot, so I withhold judgment. But I haven't heard any uh, sense of humor from him. Well, that's, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I haven't got to the hear it enough. But it, he's not going to be as funny as Santo. I mean, that's. But mm-hmm. hopefully, he is like a. A dry sense of humor in him and Pat will, they'll, they'll, they'll get it. Okay. 
That is so good. It's going to work out. Okay. I hope so. Real quick, Major League Baseball yesterday, Big Dog. Round them up and wrap them up. Two guys in a mic style. You want to comment on the baseball games? Coach and the Big Dog right here for you. 888-463-6748. Quickly, Big Dog. Baltimore knocks off Minnesota. The Orioles have right of the ship 5-4. to four. I thought it was pretty cool. Vladdy Guerrero. Now Baltimore Oriole hits his second homer in two games. That guy, uh, he could go to his grave and probably still be a great hitter. Yeah, uh, he started out kind of slow uh, to to this year's season, but the last couple days he's really been pounding the ball. And uh, I was watching live when he hit the home run yesterday, and he takes a vicious hack. How else can you describe it? Mm -hmm. Uh, A three nineteen career hitter, 430-something home runs at, at, at this point. He's got a legitimate shot at hitting 315 for a career and at hitting 500 home runs. And uh, his head is the same exact size it is now as it was when yeah, he came into the major exactly. leagues around 1996 or so. Exactly. Definitive, I'm not saying first ballot, but a definitive Hall of Famer, right? Without without yeah. question. For yeah. me, he's he's one of those guys where uh, even – well, Sosa in 2001 had one of the greatest seasons ever. But even like in 1998, if you really wanted a clutch RBI – I would rather have Black Guerrero up than Sammy Sosa mm-hmm. or pretty much anybody in the major here's, leagues at the time. Here's maybe even a better way to put it. If you're the opposing pitcher, if you were on the mound, if you're rooting for your team, over the last 15 years, you got to put him in the top five, maybe the top three for guys you'd want to see at the plate for the other team in a clutch situation. Yeah, uh, obviously everybody, you know, Barry Bond, you know, and Manny Ramirez, but I think they're a little tainted right now, if you think about that, Coach. I'd put Guerrero right with Manny Ramirez. I, I would, too. I, okay. I, I honestly All would. Right. You know, Albert Pujols, you're going to yeah. obviously put in that yes. in that category. Yeah. All right, uh, moving right along. Anaheim knocked off Texas. Gerard Weaver, Jared Weaver, uh, early Cy Young candidate. Brilliant. Once again, Big Dog goes all nine innings, eight strikeouts, five wins in a row. The Angels are... A team that you would appreciate because they're playing baseball the right way. And, boy, is that Jared Weaver good. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. He's the first pitcher in the history of baseball, 1876, mind you. Wow. People. To do what? Uh, to have five wins before April 20th. Really? On April 20th. First person ever. Wow. First person since uh, Dave Stewart in, 19, uh, in 1990. Walter... Walter Big Train Johnson did not have five before April 20th? No, uh, nobody. Nobody. Of course, the, the baseball season used to start around April 10th. Yeah, that, that makes forget. it hard to have five wins by April 20th. Yeah, because uh, the McDays have doubleheaders all the time, so the, the season was a little bit more mm-hmm. condensed. Warren Spahn emailing us in. Warren from Atlanta emailing saying that uh, you're comparing apples to oranges because Warren's saying our season didn't start till April 18th. You're exactly right. Yeah, well, I'm you, not Warren. right. That's Warren Spahn emailing in. Yeah, it was, uh, that, it's good to hear from you, Warren. 363 career wins, Coach. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a heck. And he didn't get to the major leagues until he was 25. He mm-hmm. could have won 400 games. Spahn insane and pray for rain. And they, I, I didn't blame the Braves back then. The rest of that pitching staff was just it was the doldrums, Coach. Yeah, no question about it. The, uh, the talent. What do we got? Philadelphia knocking off Milwaukee four to three. They salvage one of the three games. There, our good friend Placido Polanco. By the way, we always forget about him. We talk about all the Philadelphia Phillies underrated, top ten in batting again. Big three run homer yesterday in the Phillies win. And guess who their closer is now? Or closing oh, out know, it, Jose Contreras lives for another day. Unbelievable. The beautiful thing is 
this dude shows up at the ballpark. You know, he does the stretches, he does the warm ups, just like everybody else does. He has a little buffet. He goes out to the bullpen between like the second and the seventh inning. He falls asleep. Okay, <laughs> he wakes up. You know, in the seventh inning, gets out of bed, stretches, has a little sip of, uh, of some cafe. That's coffee, mm-hmm. coach. And then they're like, oh, do I got a pitch tonight? Do I not? Oh, I got a pitch. Let me get warmed up. And he, he throws the inning and gets a save, and he's done with the Phillies. He's at the ballpark. He sleeps for about two hours before he even uh, figures so, out what he's going to do in the game. That's, that's not a bad gig, Coach. It's a rough life for Jose Contreras. But, uh, you know, nobody knows how old he is. But I'm going to guess he's teetering that 40-year-old mark, Big Dog. He's getting up there in years. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a great job for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get the old man arm. You got to throw every, every day, anyways, to keep your arm strong, right? Yeah. So, and, and instead of every fifth day throwing 115 pitches, you know, yeah, you you know every five days you pitch twice, and you throw 15 pitches each one of those days, and they're critical pitches, and your team wins. And you get a built-in nap every day. It's fairly stress-relieving. It'll extend years on your life. And uh, we all know, Big Dog, we all need to sleep a little bit more. A nap in the middle of the day is a good thing. Yeah, you know, you, you fall asleep, you wake up, oh, holiday's still in, complete game, I'm good. I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> you know, oh, Cliff Lee's still in, complete game, I'm good. Fall asleep. <laughs> oh, he's still in. I can go back to sleep. Uh, you know, it's not bad. Oh, Blanton's pitching. Yeah. You'll have nightmares. You don't get any sleep. You know, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> hey, real quick, before we wrap up the show, great job today, Big Dog. Don't forget, folks, we'll be back at you on Friday for tomorrow's show. Don't forget to join us at 10 o'clock. Tomorrow, though, is Earth Day, Big Dog, I would be remiss because I know you're a longtime environmental guy. A uh, couple of things. One, you know, without sounding too corny, what does Earth Day mean to you? Two, any activities you will be involved in tomorrow? And uh, three, you know, if I were the Earth, I'd ask, how's it going? Are we are we doing the right thing here or can we improve our lifestyles? Yeah, well, obviously there's millions of different things that we could be doing differently. And uh, Nova had an excellent, an absolutely unbelievable uh, show about uh, the science of renewable energy and stuff on last night. It was, it was really, really stimulating television. Was the head coach Jay Wright hosting that? No, nah, he was not, but uh, he, I'm sure he was a producer. He was involved somehow. <laughs> I'm sure. Do you know why Earthsea was moved from uh, April 20th to uh, April 22nd about uh, 10, 15 years ago? I do not. Because Hitler's birthday is 420. Interesting. So they they didn't want they were sick of people like doing that like okay. never mind that you know that's actually they 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 that's rumor why they moved it up to that. Interesting. I, I remember the comment you made last year, two years ago when we were doing our old radio show, and and I've always took this to heart. And I think you said something to the effect of uh, this may be Earth Day, but folks, every day should be Earth Day. I don't know if I said something that cheesy. Though. I thought it was you. I I, I, I hopefully it didn't sound that cheesy. Well, it may be cheesy, but it's true. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It can't just be a one-day celebration, but, uh, you know, we, we, we need to change our lifestyles. Yeah, we, we do. We really need to uh, start figuring out ways to find the energy sources that don't involve mm-hmm. people that want to blow up our building. Yeah. How about that? If, they, if that's the, Sometimes that's the best way to tell people that, oh, that's ridiculous. You're a tree hugging hippie. Uh, how about this? Well, you know how you always talk about it? It's all right that we go fight wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, no problem. Well, just how about if we got the power away from them and no longer need their oil anymore? Then what would they do? They'd have to listen to us, wouldn't they? Wow. That's heavy. So that's the way I look at it, Coach. Uh-huh. That's, that's, that's putting a little poundage on Earth Day right there. Very uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. very nicely done. Now, let me ask you a much, a much more uh, uh, 
lesser scale, David Olson, producer extraordinaire. From an Earth Day standpoint, from a gaseous response, using energy, whatever it is to mess up our environment, the radio show that we used to do, the radio airwaves, uh-huh. or now that we're on the Internet, using the Internet airwaves, is either one a little greener? No, in the, in the, well, the radio waves don't do anything. And I, I guess you're going to have to say is people, in order to get on the Internet, are going to have to be burning some form of energy at some point, but you're going to have to do that with a radio, too. So, mm-hmm. so I, it's a wash. I'd have, I'd have to right. say so. I would have to say maybe a radio would use a little yeah, bit less just, energy than a computer, but people are normally on their computers when they listen to the radio anyways, Coach. So just I'm trying not going to f- worry about our our digital footprint. Is definitely nowhere near big as our carbon footprint, okay. but we need to increase our digital footprint. All right. Somebody said we need to use odor eaters for our digital footprint. I think they were talking about the content of the show, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I took it as a compliment. What the hell? All right. I'm just trying to do anything I can to make our show more environmentally conscious, Big Doug. As long as we're going to dribble and to. drabble nonsense for uh, you know an hour a day, we might as well be environmentally conscious. Amen. All right. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow, Big Dog, our Earth Day Spectacular show tomorrow. I know you're excited. Well, I'm extremely excited, Coach. <laughs> All right. I'm going to I'm going to tell you my plan in order to solve everything, Coach. Should we save that for the 10:15 to 10:45 slot or the 10 to 10:15? Well, let's see which one I'm sober for. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Go sell some vacation packages. Vacation. There it is. Big dog checking in. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Great job. Thank everybody out there for listening. We much, much appreciate every listener out there. Talkzone.com. Two guys in a mic. Back at you tomorrow at 10. Have a great day, everybody.